Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome back for another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast, the second post-season episode. Bro, I'm not sure if I'm ready to say off-season, but I kind of am. Like, are uh, you just ready to embody, like, it's off-season for us, even though the season is oh, clearly not over? For sure. I think I think it's just, I mean, obviously, the NFL playoffs are going on and stuff, a lot of lot of stuff going on within our division right now and i mean it just goes to show you get you get three teams from the afc north in the playoffs steelers make a push there at the end of the year could have been a toss-up between the Bengals and steelers just some things didn't go our way couldn't close out some games but i mean for us yeah you know we we already know our draft pick that's locked in and then you you look at what what's coming in in the coming months you, before free agency right you have that deadline where teams will have the opportunity to franchise tag players and i think that's mm-hmm. a big one with t higgins because i've been wondering this week just based off of things that i've read like is there actually a possibility the Bengals let him test the free market fuck no nope no you you think no that way. it would okay yeah, 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 and and that's not obviously to shoot you down, but like, yeah, like, I, I bro, because it's I almost don't... like he, it's almost like T. It seems like in comments that he's made, like he almost thinks he's gonna be on the open market. And I just don't, I don't think that's happening. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, no, nah, I, I totally hear you, bro. But franchise tags, you don't go out and say, yeah, I'm getting tagged. You don't say that. Yeah, like that's like, is he aware that that's probably about to happen? Yeah, he is. But you're you're not gonna address something like that. That's like saying, yeah, I'm about to get a one year deal. You don't say (laughs) that. You know, that's like, like, yeah. And I see a lot of conversation of people saying, you know, well, if we don't bring T back, I think that will re-sign Tyler. And I don't, I just don't think it makes sense. It's like at that point, you're going to tag T. And then you're just gonna move on from Boyd, you know what I mean? So it just and with Charlie Jones, like who who are you gonna put on the outside? Like you're not putting Charlie Jones; he's clearly your slot receiver. Yeah. So I think that conversation is kind of shut down. I think I think T Higgins is yep. gonna be a bango next year. Did you see the little video uh, of him and Jamar eating the wings, the bounty little sponsorship? Uh, it's hilarious. Not... Damn, that's... you see it. Bounty like paper towels, yeah. So, so what they were doing is they had they were just you, you could find it on YouTube. T and like a little snippet of it on his uh Instagram, but they were just goofing him out around man. And I don't know, it was just funny because it's like they're ju- they're they're boys, bro. huh? Him and Jamar in a commercial, yeah, yeah, dude, that's dope. Yeah, bro. And they were, I mean, like I said, they were just goofing around, bro. And one of the comments said, these dudes are fried. <laughs> I was <laughs> laughing. Like, they were just, bro, they were goofing around. Like, uh, T goes, like, to introduce Jamar or something. He goes, like, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but Joe Burrow's second favorite target on the team. And then Jamar goes, Jamar goes, and here's the slowest wide receiver on the team. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> they were they were just hey. laughing. Everybody tapping into that funny little ad. Damn, I'm I'm gonna have to definitely tune in that. 
Just send me a link if you got it. That's hilarious. Sure. Slowest receiver. Damn. <laughs> he may be, bro, because like we've said it all along that uh, you know, T B and T run about the same mid four or five, but nah, bro. I feel like T got a bit quicker. He's yeah, he's capping, bro. I mean, especially I mean, the the big touchdown against the Steelers. I think I think T. What what is Ocho the the Madden adjuster? He should get a little bit of speed on that play because he broke away. True, bro. He, you know what? He did break away, bro. And you know who has never broken away is TB. Now, well, ah, uh, actually, ah, yeah, because yeah, TB always gets caught up too, bro. TB doesn't run away from dudes, but then again, T doesn't much either. So like. But he kind of did on that fucking, bro, uh, <laughs> that's not the same. Yeah, like, bro, TB's never caught a slant. Right. Not, I don't know. You know what? TB has caught a couple wide open bombs. But his were more like seams across the top type deal. Exactly. And he was also getting caught up too. Nobody was catching T, but nonetheless, bro, that's funny. Um. I mean, look, dude, that just encapsulates the relationship of those guys. Um, and, you know, that can lead to obviously the most significant thing, one of the most significant things from uh, Joe's presser. You know, we got Monday, um, which is now, you know, three days ago at this point, recording on Thursday night here. Three days ago, Joe spoke with the media the first time um, since he announced, you know, he was out for the year post-wrist. Um, he made pretty clear that – the expectation is T will be back next year. And how he said it means something, you know, and it's been, it's been going around a lot that, um, you know, that T is a chief. There, I mean, there's a lot of comments going around. It's just kind of funny. Yeah, no doubt, bro. And, and not that Joe's perfect with his words, but you can tell he's one that's meticulous and he means he thinks a lot before he speaks with the media. He's not unfiltered. Like Jamar. Joe is very calculated. And he meant that with some verber. He said it with his chest that T will be back next year. That's the expectation. And now, of course, he even, I think he added even a bit of the context of the contract that we laid out the contract to make this the best chances possible. I don't think you he know, said straight up that it was yeah. meant to, but you know. I mean, we, we know what the production that T gives us, right? And it was one of those years, as you've said, like booted to space, never, you know, forget about it entirely. Look yeah. back on it, you're just going to be like, that was a shitty year, you know, just fuck that year. But mm -hmm. I, I look at it like the franchise tag, in my opinion, works good for both sides. Obviously, we know T wants his money. He wants his extension, right? But yeah. coming off a down year like that, imagine – the market that could change potentially for T because I, the market's mm -hmm. not going to change much in a year for him, especially at his age. Plus with the, the franchise tag, all guaranteed money, right? Straight to the bank. And then on top of that, you're going to come into a situation where, you know, if we do franchise tag T, it's probably, we're probably not going to extend him. Right. I mean, there's still a potential yeah. there that we yeah. extend him, but you still get him for that year. I think the Bengals, you know, or that type of team where, they're not going to tag and trade as, you know, some people. I mean, it's a possibility, but at the same time, it's like they value their players. And I don't know, man, if with that tag, bro, T could come out 
like he has done, bro, we can see a thousand plus, a thousand plus out of both of these receivers, which we've been wanting to see, right? We've seen it a couple years ago, didn't really see it this year. But, bro, the market, his market could go up even more with, say, a 11, 1200 yard season as a wide receiver, too, in this offense. No doubt, bro. I mean, nah, you made a great point. Um, then I did think a little bit of the other side of like, look, he's a young wide receiver that's about 25, multiple thousand yard seasons. Right. You know, yeah, one was horrible, wasn't. You know, and the only knock on him is injuries. Um, you know, so he would likely get super, like right under superstar money anyways, even with this bad year. But does it do you a favor with this type of year? Absolutely not. So that's where I'm I'm totally with you, bro. And I'm sure that T I mean, I don't, there's nuance to everything. Like how far does his patience go because of how patient he's already been? You know how some people just simply lose that. You know, yeah. they're like to play impatient, whatever. But say if he does continue to have that patient, I mean, just exceptionally humble, exceptionally committed to the team, no matter what is going on with this contract. Of hey, I'm happy to be here. I'm a choose positive, like you said. Of hey, I had a down year last year. Um, I mean, sure, I'm the number two option here. But what's I think I'm gonna want to take my chances with Joe again to reset my value. Right. Yeah. Do that going with Bryce Young and get 1,200 yards, yet being a bottom seven offense. I'm trying <laughs> a ass offense. Like, so, yeah. I mean, it is kind of a good situation for T to get that secured one year deal, stay healthy, you know, and, and try to make things right. And um, yeah, bro, like right now, I'll just cut it. Like this. Now that I'm thinking about it, just the deal's got to be insane for T if there's going to be a trade. I, like I'm talking, right. I'm talking like JJ, like a JJ type crazy. You think? No, nah. I mean, as much as I love it, I, like I, I remember. Well, I we feel like I feel before. like that's that's the type of percentage with a tagging trade with T, in my opinion, like. You know, like, oh, that's oh, the percentage. Yeah. You're pretty damn low. That's what you're saying. I mean, I wouldn't say it's nearly that low. I just, I keep having in my mind, bro. And maybe this is complete. This is kind of ridiculous, actually. I should refrain. It should be the A.J. Brown type thing. Hey, fuck. I got to see what he went for, bro. I know he went for the first. Did they swap first? Did they add a first? Let me see if I can pull it up here. Because yeah, I got a computer you- right in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully your uh, phone don't glitch out. But, yeah, bro, look at that. I know they immediately got Trey Long. Number – the tr- the Titans traded Brown to the Eagles in exchange for the number 18 and 101 picks in the 2022 20, draft. So, I mean – and you see how E.J. Brown's been balling out. So, it looks like, you know, that wide receiver. Yeah. Wait a second. But – so, the Eagles traded – did the Titans have two first round picks that year? Uh, I Traylon. Traylon's been around for two years. Twenty two Titans first round pick. I mean, I, I assume they had a first round pick. The reason why is because okay, if AJ went for a first and a fourth, that's what I'm expecting for T. 
Like, I think that's realistic. I've mentioned the Amari Cooper delusional one before. Like, I wish, <laughs> we'd all wish, you know, two first picks, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. But I don't know. I just, I feel like with with the situation the Bengals are in, right, you look at how the whole outlook of the season could have been if Joe Burrow was in there. And I think, I think T's going to be in this offense next year. And I think I, we're going to be talking about a 13 and four Bengals team next year. I know, I know I'm getting out of myself, but I, I looked at the opponents and I don't know. I like, I like home schedule a lot. Bro. What, nah, bro. Dude, we're minimum. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, minimum 13 and 4 with everyone out there. Just we man. have Jamar or we have Joe and Jamar. Like we have Joe and Jamar right. after our offensive line, starting offensive line. Ain't it crazy how we actually got to break down all the thresholds at this point? Because we've just <laughs> all of it. You have Trey, uh, CTB. One linebacker in Jordan Battle, you're good. Like just those guys. Like you can literally replace all the other dudes. Uh, D line, actually, I don't know. Nonetheless, yes, you have those guys healthy next year. You don't lose them all for a substantial time. Absolutely, thirteen and four is the floor. Thirteen and four is the floor. Nah, but I I want to go back to T though. Obviously, there's a ton to be determined there's lots of time but I, I said it in the last pod bro i just the Bengals cannot do what they did with jesse bro like i really i really 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 hope they would say this to the media of oh you know we're just paying attention on you know what's in front of us we're happy for jesse blah 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 no they better take that shit to the chin right. they better that what happened with jesse you getting zero value. I get it. Yes, technically you would have gotten a compensatory pick for Jesse. Understand. And you wouldn't so sign. So do we? The- I, I was wondering about that. What do we get for We get something for Jesse or no? Nope. It, it, is, it is swap for swap for numbers of free agent acquisitions you have. So if you lose a free agent and you sign one, compensatory pick goes away. You know what I mean? Because think about it. Technically, if you lose one and don't sign any, you're down negative one players. The you know gives you some grace and say, all right, here's an extra pick for a chance at a guy. You know, so that's what a compensatory pick you know essentially is for. So you cannot allow that though with a star player like this as such a pivotal position, so crucial to your most important player. So. I said it now. I said it, you know, on the last episode. I'll say it again. I think it could be, this can be franchise altering, even with everything you got on how you manage T here. If, if a trade offer is, if it's good enough, I think the Bengals should do it if they get a first, if the Panthers call. They have the 33rd pick, all right? Two seconds will do it for me. Because they have the 33rd pick. That's that's a T. Higgins spot. Remember, it's essentially the first. We've talked about this. I will do it. Because I think the Panthers will be a bottom t- five team again next year. I will take that chance. 
or bottom 12, I would do it because it just depends when the trade offer comes. Because if you continue to get this fucking bullshit, bitch ass fucking David Mitigetta, dude, just it's not going to work. It just doesn't feel like anything's going to budge. One year, yeah, you can win the bowl. Absolutely. We know it. But right. you get zero on the back end. Man, you can use two second round picks like that. You can get a young receiver and re up this. 33 will die. And I think Andre can step up, or there may be a guy on the market. You know, like it, it's different. <laughs> What's that? Drake's favorite guy. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, there there's lots of options out there, dude. And like, I just think, I don't know. But then I keep thinking in my head with what Joe said. And do you want to, how do you tell Joe that? Yeah, we were going to franchise tag him. But I don't know. I mean, Joe would probably take that well. But you know what he wouldn't take well? Imagine telling Joe yeah, you know, we did work out the contract, right, to fit T next year. Um, You know, we, we just, it's whatever, man. You know, just let him hit the free agency market. How would Joe look at fucking Duke in this FO? He'd be livid. You fucking kidding me? Like, everything we navigated through last season, we even got as petty as to wait at fucking 8.23, the time of kickoff, to announce my contract. Laid out the way it was. We added void years. Or, or or not void years. Kick it down the road. For this. No way he's hitting free agency. Um, but. Yeah dude. That, that, would, that, the, that, would, would the Bengals like. Would the Bengals even do that to T though? Like I, I just couldn't see a situation. Where the, I mean I know like. It's <laughs> a business and all. But I feel like that's something. They would keep T in, in the loop about just with how our FO is, like, what, what tease reaction be if they're like, hey, man, we're going to, we're going to, we're thinking about sending you to Carolina. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, uh, yeah, but I, I know that was just a, that was just like a example of what could be. I know what you mean. Yeah. Nah, I mean, it, it'd be tough, bro, because Carolina can absolutely make the most sense. Um. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really tough, bro. Like, bro, especially if Brian Callahan goes there. You fucking kidding me? Right. Like, he's going to want his guy. So, yeah, it would be tough. But, uh, hey, T, you back with Brian? Uh, back with Hayden? Back with Vaughn? Let's go. I think I think that's interesting, man. You know, Brian Callahan. Maybe, maybe it was the you think the Jake Browning show that that's what kind of boosted him. I know he's been kind of a rising coach in circles over the past few years, but you know, a lot of moves this week with head coaches. Looks like Brian Callahan, man, he's at he's at the top of a lot of teams' list. Four teams: Falcons, Panthers, Titans. Who was the other team? Uh. Uh, Falcons. You say Raiders? Raiders. Oh, uh, it was the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. What's the other one? Yeah, I missed them. Uh, Titans, Falcons, Panthers, Raiders. That's right. Yeah. Um, 
this would be the year. I mean, look. Send him to Atlanta, man. I think that'd be cool. That would be cool. Uh, wait, I, I keep forgetting the names already. Was it Atlanta for one of them? Yeah. Ooh, I, hey, man, I love the offensive mind. They know where they have to go. You know, Arthur Smith can be booted to the fucking high school leagues and run fucking 317 gut every fucking play because that's all he wants to run like a dipshit. All right, but anyways, Brian, this is the year for Brian. I mean. Got weapons over here too, man. Oh, yeah, hella, bro. We've had our gripes about Brian though, right? And I've thought about this a lot today. I take back nothing that I've said all year. I don't mean that with any arrogance. I just mean it genuinely. You know, I, I felt calculated with the criticisms I gave Brian this year. And uh, I think we both have always shown our intrigue with the young gun damn pitcher. We did exactly what we did last year for the reason we did. That's we made sure we ended up and gave him a lot of money he wanted so no one else was enticed to take him away. I want to in- ask you that. I want to ask you that too. Like, like, is in your mind with with how many interviews been set up? And I know a lot like happened from then to now. Um, but it looks like Brian Callahan is going to be head coach. Yep. And and bro, listen. Why do you think Dan Pitcher hasn't gotten an opportunity yet to be OC? Exactly. And I, I know he, he did get I forget what team it was, but I think he also got an offensive coordinating uh like uh what is it called? Interview, but I I, I just don't see him leaving Cincinnati, especially Wait, if Pitcher has? I'm pretty sure, yeah, I forget. Let me see if I can find the team. Um I've seen that. That that'd be interesting. I didn't see anything about that. Let me see. I know there's not a ton of OC spots open. I think there's only like three right now with the head coach. I I honestly could be wrong. Yeah. I, I th- or wait. No, 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 no. This isn't right here. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I forgot. It was the Panthers who put the wrong uh, picture for Brian Callahan. They put Dan Pitcher. That's what it was. Absolutely. That, that um, the fucking <laughs> There's like, bro, we hired this guy. Oh, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, we hired, uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Hired the, we actually hired the Bengals running backs coach instead of the quarterbacks coach. But uh, that's fun though. I mean, we like you said, we've been talking about Dan on this podcast for quite some time, and I think for him to to get his opportunity finally, that that's gonna be fun. You know, it, it could mean difference in this offense. You know, play callers are, are different, and you just you never know, man. I feel like I feel like Dan Pitcher is one of those coaches that has been rising in circles over the year. And you know, it's funny as if uh, if Brian Callahan gets hired as head coach this year, and the Bengals, you know, do it as they do, we we already know. Lou Anarumo is going to be head coach one day. We know that, right? But the, if Brian gets hired, bro, this is where the Zach Taylor tree starts. Seriously. And I, I, I probably believe, you know, Dan, Dan Pitcher has also gotten, you know, got interviews last year too. We talked about it on the podcast. Remember this is actually crazy. Cause I was, I was thinking about the outlook of this. We thought, right. Cause Dan Pitcher passed up that, that Buccaneers uh, OC job. And it was, it was a scary job at the time, bro. They wheeled themselves into the playoffs, the Buccaneers, bro. After 
the, you know, what we talked about, I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And, you know, Dan stays here in Cincy, bro. And that's going to be fun if we get the opportunity to see, see something new with the uh, offense coordinator, man. It will happen. Exactly why. The I, I think I, I, I really think I see Atlanta, bro. I don't know why I feel I feel Atlanta for Brian Kelly. It makes a lot of sense. You got I mean, obviously, it's on a different side of the ball with Jesse Bates. But to bring that that offensive side, which he, he's played with or he, he's been able to utilize Jamar Chase T against all these guys. And now you have Bijan in that offense and, and Pitts and just Drake London. You got a, you got a bunch you got of a T Higgins clone. Yep, and Drake London. I mean, you finally got the freakish tight end that you wanted to completely neglect um, for years. And you have the elite running backs with explosion that you O-line, the elite run-blocking O-line you wish you would have had. I mean, yeah, bro, with the chance to get Justin Fields, like it, it's probably a really intriguing opportunity. Um, but, yeah, bro, it, it's that's my projection that, yeah, even though, like I said, only a couple OC spots with head coaches intact right now, because obviously you have to build like OC head coach first, assemble your team. That's why Brian, you know, Dan's not taking any interviews. He knows he's the predecessor here. I mean, look, bro, just macro, Brian's pedigree, his dad, all the coaching, you know, connections he's had throughout the years. He's been a he's been a coach for fifteen years, I think. Coach with one of the great. One of the greatest offensive line coaches of all time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his dad. And then he got to coach with one of the best quarterbacks of all time, you know, which we've talked clearly about, you know, some of the criticism for Joe Burrow. Then the rise of Jake Browning. Right. Angles to the brink of the playoffs because of Jake Browning. Uh, Yeah. Did you see, did you see the updated uh, stats at the end of the year? So, uh, Jake Browning in seven starts had 12 touchdowns, seven interceptions. In 24 starts for Kenny Pickett, he has 13 touchdowns, 13 picks. I did not see that. Um, <laughs> it's just so funny how Steelers fans act like Kenny don't exist now. And they're actually, <laughs> like, they're actually convincing themselves about Mason Rudolph. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is the best. Like, I mean. It's, like, it's like when we had Andy, bro. Yeah, I mean, it may it's worse. Like it's almost like it's almost like me in 2018, Jeff Driscoll. I tried, <laughs> bro. I'm serious. I tried to buy an me, me with Jake Dolgala, man. Yeah, bro. Oh my gosh, Jake Dolgala, bro. 2017 <laughs> preseason. God, bro. I thought we were. I thought we were here. Like or England, no, 2020. England, England. When he threw the ball over the stadium. Oh, dude, I remember that. I remember seeing that post on Instagram. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, this dude's got a cannon. Like, this could be your guy. <laughs> Bro's working at fucking Kroger management now. Like, he's not even in the league. But, uh, God. yeah, bro, it's pretty cool with Brian. You know, good for Brian, man. I- I'd love to see him as the head coach. You know, obviously, as I said, you know, all the criticisms we've had for Brian. It it never got horrible. You know, it, it was, we've talked about it, it you know, but uh, best of luck, you know, for once he ends up getting that job, assuming he will. Isn't uh, Dan Pitcher's on third downs, right? Or am I wrong? Well, I think the, 
I think Troy Walters. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, oh no, he's could... red zone. Dan, sorry, Dan is third down. Troy is red zone. Because I'll tell you what, what I've seen from our third down, especially with Jake Browning this season. I mean, our third down. I feel like we've been cooking mm-hmm. on third in games. So as I mean, Dan Pitcher, man, and and that's another guy, Troy Walters. I mean, he's he's another oh. rising coach. You have a lot of rising coaches within this coaching staff, which is awesome. Oh. Yup, no doubt, bro. I mean, you think about another dude. If you get a running back injected into here, say if Chase Brown pops off and turns to low key Austin Eckler next year. Light version, like right. uh, James. That, that's who I. That, that's who I honestly think. Like his comparison is best for. I know it's crazy because Austin is just such a great running back, but I mean, the the play style is similar. It is, bro. Low center of gravity. Um, yeah, they're speedsters. I mean, Chase is even quicker. I think he's even quicker than him. Uh, so. Yeah, bro. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think the running backs coach is James Brooks. Or was that our old running back we had? I don't remember. I think it's Brooks something. Uh, yeah, bro. There's a couple names for sure. Troy Walters. Um, I think James Rapine mentioned it on his pod. Like, you get four touchdowns out of a rookie from Princeton. I mean, we don't even <laughs> have to talk about the stars. Uh, you know. Yeah, dude. and that, it's just it's a it's a situation too where I think we talk about Chase Brown. We kind of touched on it a little bit last episode, but Mixon, man, it, it's really a weird subject. I feel like there's a good amount of people that you know think that Mixon's gone, and then you know a good amount of people that feel that Mixon's gonna be around. It it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense in my opinion. It doesn't because it's not needed yet. And it's the same exact thing that the Bengals have followed all along, which is if they don't need to do it, nine times out of ten, they don't fucking do it. Period. We we ran through long enough last week of why we're bought into the fact that Mixon will be here next year. And I I think a lot of people a lot of people are putting it on the face of the explosion because explosion has been talked about a lot right in the run and and what they want to get for this offense but i don't think that means that joe mixon is not in their plans exactly fine utilize chase more right like mixon still yes he is he is a great running back outside of explosion Guess what? Some explosive running backs can still last in this league. Overall, no, they don't. The ceiling is clear. I mean, he ain't no Najee Harris. But, you know, it's like, he is who he is. And he means a lot to this team. Just cut his snaps a little bit. He's a year eight running back heading into. He's fine. He just wants a ring, man. Like, yes, of course, he wants to get his stats up. He wants to become an all-timer. Probably. He he probably won't get there, in, I mean, in my projection. But I don't know. I mean, he just had his best year. So, I mean, his elusiveness was the best I've ever seen. Exactly. You know, his confidence attacking the hole was the best I've ever seen. He he was 
Giovanni Bernard level esque. I said always falling forward on like twenty one and twenty two, where it was even bigger, especially twenty two. My gosh, bro, falling on his back so much. You know, it's obviously gotten a ton better now. So, um, yeah, bro, like I nah, like I'm I'm not even gonna entertain it until the Bengals make it clear. You know, there's yeah. a reason they extended it for two years and made the contract two years. They could have simply right. done it here and came back to it after this year and they didn't. They did too. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, bro. Um, you know, obviously hit that with the coaches. Man, just thinking the damn pitcher, dude. I really think like, I don't know, man. I just feel like he could add so much fucking juice and, like, really add another level what Brian could never um, get to. Um, what what, what would you say? What would you say is the difference, right? We know we know Dan Pitcher's quarterback's coach. He probably works more up close, right, with Joe Burrow, you know, yeah, in terms of communication, right? Like, would, would you think, you know, he probably knows Joe Burrow a little better than Brian Callahan? Oh, absolutely, bro. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say absolutely as if it's like miles further, like miles right. away. Oh, it's on. I mean, but look, dude, they got position group meetings. Brian's not in there. Dan's in there. They got the three quarterbacks. They got the four. Never mind that, you know, they got a Drew Plitt at the end of the season. They got AJ. They had Jake. And Joe was still in there. They did. They had that every day. Then you had the offensive meetings, like, yeah. I mean, Dan. Yeah, he he's in his ear for everything. So, um, did we talk about the return of the Jedi post last episode? I don't think we did. Return of the Jedi was that a Bengal? Did they make the Bengals post something like that? Joe Burrow. You know, Joe Burrow posted. You know the backstory, yeah. right? No. I'm not a Star Wars fan or nothing, but I read something on Twitter, and apparently in Star Wars, one of the characters, see, this I don't know because I don't know who it is, but apparently their hand gets cut off, and the guy has to get a robotic hand, and then he 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 kills everyone. So that, that was the meaning of Joe Burrow's post. Uh, bro, oh my <laughs> God, I wish I would have known that from the jump, bro. <laughs> Dude, I just saw that post and I'm like, damn, that photo is cool. Like, that's it. They went right over my head. That's lit, dude. Yeah, hey, that's the approach, man. I mean, that's all we're trying to do here. Uh, I will add this. It's obviously important to mention. DJ spoke as well. Um, I don't think he spoke to the media, but I think he spoke to some individual reporters. Well, actually, no, it's kind of the same thing i guess smaller crowds not you know publication setting of media and a couple individuals in the media um like locker room yeah 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 exactly he was just talking about how it is tough right now you know because it's so murky with what his future looks like for 24 obviously he knows he's going to be back in the league he's going to get an opportunity but yeah the timeable of this injury like yes of course physicals would put a halt to anything like, he couldn't just freely sign with someone in March anyways because whatever injury, whether it was more minor or what. But this, dude, I mean, that physical is going to have to wait for months and months. And it, it's, it's nice that 
I mean, and obviously whatever you've gathered, bro, like it's going to be valuable for you. It sounded nice that he was kind of sufficing to the idea already that the reality is I'm going to have to take a one-year prover deal that probably is not going to be where I want it to be. I just got to take it. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's that's where it, it's kind of at right now. Unfortunately, we know what DJ has been able to prove when he's been on the field, right? And I think that's what a lot of people are kind of like almost confused about. I made a tweet today, like with the Nick Scott situation, and you look at his contract. If you cut ties with Nick Scott this offseason over the next two years, you would get back almost seven million dollars. And you look at you look at a prove it contract, and we know like DJ has proved it when he's been on the field, but in the situation he's in, the injury and whatnot, how late in the season, it, it looks like that's unfortunately what it's gonna be. You know, similar to Larry Ogunjobi when when he missed out on the money because he couldn't pass the physical. I feel like it's something similar that really sucks because we knew DJ was gonna get it back. He was in that seventeen to twenty million dollar a year per range and it's like dj's now he's got to come back from the injury and i think what you said is is kind of you know accurate for real. like he, he's gonna have to take really what what the market is giving him and uh i, I think i saw someone you know who who's tied in with dj too and he kind of made the point because I, I know the common theme right is that the Bengals don't like the number 30 you know, the age number 30, they don't like signing guys yeah. 30 and plus, but at some point, I think, I think it was a good, a good point from what he said is like, at some point the Bengals have to abandon that. Like, I, I know, I know the, the reasoning, but when you have guys that are stars and important in this locker room, you, you almost have to look past it in a way. I see it in a business situation, yeah. but it's like, if these guys are still coming out there and give you their all and, and it's elite performance or even good performance, great performance, exactly. let these guys retire in stripes. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm sure guys are willing to work on numbers. DJ doesn't have David Malgala as his agent. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think there's still a chance. It, it sucks with the situation that DJ's in, but I think there's optimism he could be ready for the start of the season. I really do. I, I know Ooh. a lot of people are thinking that he's going to be, you know, out until almost the end of next year. I don't I don't think that. I think DJ yeah. is. I was like, what? All right. This yeah, I, yeah, I saw a lot of people saying, like, week six to week eight next year. I'm like, no, like, from what I heard is, like, the, the optimism is that he can, get you know, get healthy and be back by – possibly week one i mean he might not play you know in training camp and otas and stuff like that but the hope mm. is that you could get him healthy for week one that'd be amazing bro like i i personally would be amazed if he went week one but hey i mean uh no nah, we, we we expect a cheetah to be back for week one but i mean i think my opinion is week five that sounds like a pretty good timeable for me um, and the Bengals are probably going to approach that as well when they talk with DJ. In my opinion, I feel like DJ will be back. Um, but but that's the thing too. I I wonder about because it's like he is injured. The Bengals have had rights to him. Like 
even with him injured and not being able to pass physical now, is it a situation where he's going to have to sit on the market for a while, you know, until free agency's over, until the draft's over? Or is it a situation where the Bengals could still bring him back even though he's on that injury? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I think what you said initially, because they owned the rights and they could gauge the physical within their own medical staff where they've already gauged the situation and monitored it as he's been a Bengal, you know, until March uh, 9th. So when technically he would not be a Bengal any longer, um, they, they probably already have access to all that info. I mean, like what they would probably do is they're probably going to talk to DJ because they know how much he means to this team and they're going to tell him everything like, hey, look, here's obviously the situation. And just in case in a scenario to where we did resign you, let's go ahead and get the formalities of that physical done and then see, you know, to where we don't have to go through all the lingo or the limbos or whatever. If we want to sign you in August or now or whatever, I don't know. They probably would have to do a physical later if, you know, it's past March 9th. I don't know. But then if you if DJ is going to wait for somebody and the Bengals are going to wait for somebody, and there's comfortability in that waiting, it's to get a deal done between these two. DJ yeah. wants Bengal. You know that, bro. Yeah. We, everybody knows he wants to be a Bengal. And I, I, I think I, one of them with him. It's just that, that money and patience. And like I've told you, I've been told, you know, he, he would do anything to stay in Cincinnati. You know, this guy who has invested a lot, you know, to, to be in this city and – it, it's just like, I feel like the Bengals at some point, I get it, age and everything. You have to you have to take on these guys that, and they built this entire defense. If you really look at it, they built this entire defense around DJ. And we've talked about it for a long time. Like, they haven't had really a backup type uh, plan in place. Zach Carter, that, you know, that wasn't working in the, in the season and, he's not gonna be able to take on the nose tackle position. So I think, I think it's just with, with how they've been able to function this defense, they have to, they have to at least see, see what they can do with it. And man, I just DJ, man, he's just, he's literally the exact character of what you would want in a Bengals player. And I think he just, he's the type where all along when I saw like, yeah, he's going to be 30 DJ, his position, I just feel like no matter what, he's going to give you maximum value in the run support game. And that's what he is elite at is run support. And I mean, until you see a total fall off, you can't justify not paying a guy like that. Obviously with the injury changes everything. now. But even, even at his age, you know, we, we bit the we bit the bullet on a guy like Andrew Whitworth when we were talking about age there. And we kind of got, we kind of went through this, time where it was just terrible and you don't want to go back to an old era where the Bengals offense originally was given up a lot in the run game and you're in a division where you got to play against Lamar and that's what this defense when it was put together was to stop Lamar so you can't go against yeah. the green no doubt bro no doubt I I totally agree I will add this though um I feel like I especially with how much I've said this and I've clamored on this, it should be clear that it's not the Bengals. It's not solely their aversion to signing dudes on third contracts that are over 30. 
it's more of their enticing on ringing up for young talent. Right. So it's leaning on banking on age to develop and mold guys into exactly what you want them to be instead of banking on, you know, the older guy that may be the more proven commodity for the time being or who is going to expire sooner. I think that's what mostly entices the Bengals. Uh, but nah, bro, what you said a few minutes ago, with sometimes this is going to have to come to a halt of this philosophy of I refuse to invest in the third contract, guys. Like, dude, you can't keep – you can't – I don't think you can afford that. I mean, It's always a nuanced thing. Okay, you can't draft everybody. Right. So you can't just draft every single young guy and sign every – do you want to sign every young guy that's 23 years old, some fucking journeyman ass dude? No. Like, this is going to exist somewhere. In year two, contra- second contract guys are fucking expensive. I mean, we saw with Trey Hendrickson, right? I mean, he he's going to be signed here through 30. Very true. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I totally... Now, here's what's perfect. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, very true. Don't have your don't have um if I could try to put a number on it, if you have five nucleus players, like this is the nucleus of our franchise, these five guys, two of them can't be over 30 the average player then quarterback can't be over 33 you start to get questions like how much longer is this machine going to be operating at a premium youthful elite level right because questions they deserve to exist like look at the rams we've talked about it the rams have been blessed to you know you know lean on uh the young guns that they've been able to hit on in the draft if the rams were leaning on Cup, Aaron Donald, and Stafford this year, if they were leaning on Cup, they would be probably eight and nine, seven and ten, but they were able to add the nucleus of youth. So say if hypothetically the Bengals would look back in 27, and like you said, Trey is probably 31, Logan, Jermaine, inching at 30, and uh, I mean, beyond those three, uh, CTV would be in his prime. Mike Hilton, maybe. We'll say Mike Hilton. Whatever. For the hell of it. That's a problem. Like, that's a problem. All right, they're all 30. You can afford to keep a DJ. Right. And now, sooner than later, this, this is a huge year two for Miles, bro. Massive year two. It's a massive year for every draft pick. A massive year for Jordan Battle. He can become a cornerstone player of this team. And um, it's kind of crazy that, no, we're not talking about second generation already compared to, like, the 2020 guys, but sooner than later, Logan, he's 29. He's almost 30. Right. He's 24, 25. So sooner than later, you're going to have to transition. So... That that was really long winded. I'm just kind of compartmentalizing it in my mind of like agreeing with you. Yeah, bro. The whole thirty thing, like you're allergic to it. I mean, would it have killed you to have a couple of guys that were over thirty this year? No. Oh, well, like were you that averse 
that Elias Campbell was just going to break in half in the middle of the season? Or you, I mean, looking back at it, would you rather have Elias Campbell or Zach Carter? Zach Carter is about to be pushing Zach Carts at Kroger because this dude is not a fucking football player. Like, I mean, so you choose your poison there. Like, you want grandpa or you want this fucking dude, but whatever. No, seriously, yeah, that, that's exactly the the type of lookout or outlook that the Bengals should be seeing. Because it's like, yeah, we know you want to get younger and, and get more youthful in that defense, but at some point you have to, yeah, accept that these guys are are really good football players and they deserve their money just as much as a young guy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, bro. I mean, mm, this and I. Jordan Battle making the uh, PFF All-Rookie team. Yeah, yeah, one Rookie of the Week, too. Absolutely. I mean, he was the 12th highest graded safety this year out of 82, 83 qualifying safeties, I saw. Like, I mean, he was in a stat. I I don't know if it was coverage or what it was grade-wise, but he was up there with Jesse Bates and a, a bunch of other elite safeties. Wow. I mean, <laughs> it's interesting. Like I, I've been thinking lately, man. Like Jordan Battle, man. He he could very well like be better than Dex at some point. I mean, this year he was. Yeah, pretty wild. Pretty wild. I mean, we're we're definitely banking on that. You know, year two starter jump for Dex. Um, you know, and Lou made it pretty clear. You know that the the mistakes that were occurring, um, they can't be happening after four hundred snaps. You know, right. uh, reach the same thing three hundred ninety nine times. You know, four hundred for the four hundred of first for it to finally click. Not that it's never clicked before, because Dax has made fucking plays. All right, but you're you're banking on these guys to step up. Um, that's why Keith's coming back to what I said in the last episode, and I'm going to make it crystal clear with everybody. Last year's draft class, especially this one coming up, um, I mean, it's cliche, but it's kind of easy to forget sometimes with the sexiness of free agency. Draft is what – drafts are what make teams. Like, they literally make teams. They make or break teams. And I think this year we lived through – the pain of the absolute decimation that we put upon ourselves in the 21 draft outside of pick number five in round five. Like, that's what sets you back. So I think this past draft class, you know, year two of Charlie Jones, Chase Brown, you know, Andre, Jordan, Miles, and just Brad Robbins, he's not going to be on the team. He's going to be somewhere else. Um, probably with Drew Christian. They're going to make fucking TikToks together. <laughs> the bagel. Yeah. The bagel. Uh, but Liz, they're going to be together. But uh, it's huge, man. So we didn't we didn't talk about. I know we get we could wrap it up real quick. But um, Jonah Williams, that right tackle position, mm-hmm. interesting. Very, yeah, bro. Um, yeah, not. No kidding. Like, we haven't brought that up, like, at all. Um, Paul Danner said this, I think. 
I don't know if you listened to that pod, uh, but he I said, "Yeah, I haven't listened in a minute." Got you. Uh, what he said, <laughs> very interesting. He said what Jonas said was, uh, so I think the question was, how did you? This is along the lines I'm butchering this. How did you compartmentalize everything you went through with the FO, feeling the way you did, the disconnection that you had? And still being able to put together a productive quality season like this. And Jonas said something along the lines of, but meant I only, I focused on the people that I wanted to play for in here. That's a very interesting response because that's also the other side of, I, I am not over the frustrations that I had against other people in this building. So I just focused on the people I cared about. <laughs> That's, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> like, I fucking hate those bitches. Like, fuck, dude. You know, it's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. So, I mean, if we had to guess one side or the other, was it 100% roses after? No. And that's kind of him saying it. So, uh, look, dude, two options. I felt like all along preseason, he it's crystal clear that he had once again a mediocre season, allow, you know, allowing near league high in sacks. He was going to walk, no worries at all. We weren't going to pay him because he wasn't worth it, or he was going to outplay what we were willing to pay him. And the latter is what's going to happen. He's a 25 year old tackle that has played competent left tackle football, which is a few years removed now. Recent success transferring over to right. A 25-year-old starting tackle playing right and left. Yeah, you're getting a bag. Like, oh, yeah. he, he's 18, 20 mil. He's going to top McGlinchey. Like, some team's going to, you know, um, I mean, I don't really know who. Maybe, like, the Cardinals or something. I don't know their exact tackle situation. But, yeah, so th- that's my outlook on Jonah, bro. You know, it's just thank you for your time. You know, had a good, yeah. Don't want to say good, you know. Had some ups and downs, but uh, I just yeah, I, I just don't think it's what the what the Bengals need, right? We've talked about it all along. They need athleticism on this line, and if they can somehow, I don't know, in free agency or the draft, that's going to be interesting, right? I think I think it's going to be interesting on what the Bengals do in free agency. They could take a one year flyer on a guy, and you know, then draft a guy as well. That's a that's a possibility, but yeah, yeah man. Yeah. You need to because you need, like, we talked about it with how phenomenal this FO has been with addressing what is actually needed. Not suggested, but actually needed, which is the big thing for fans and how accurate they've been with that the past few years. They know they you cannot go into a draft without a right tackle. Right. Because you can't bank on the right tackle in the draft. So they will sign a right tackle and i love uh i think um i've been seeing it on twitter i think zen posted it trent brown i like that i like it a lot um yeah it's questionable i do buy you know what some people think is just fluff and nonsense of the new england product but he had a really good year this year um this is random but he looks like he's literally 10 years old which is fucking hilarious because he's about like seven foot tall like 400 pounds um but I think he'd be a great guy. One, two years. 
I don't know, five, four, five, seven. I don't know what he'd take. Seven mil. Jermaine Illuminor, I think, is up again. There's a couple tackles that if you are dissatisfied with how the draft laid out for you, you're not Jackson Carmening yourself. Like, right. you're Deontay, Deontay Smith, you know. So that, that's something that probably needs to be addressed this offseason, too, is, is the trend, you know, the, the backups because you whiff on those picks, you know, Trey Hill and, you know, fourth rounder. And then was he, wait, 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 no, 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 no not Trey Hill. Yeah. Trey Hill six. Yeah. Who is the four? Deontay Smith. Yeah, Deontay Smith and, and Jackson Carmen. I mean, you you got to be able to hit on these picks at some point with the offensive linemen. And hopefully it starts this year, man. No doubt, bro. How how do you whiff on three picks at the same position in one draft? Like, that's insane, bro. Like, oh, my God. You're so dumb. Hey, you know what? You know what? I mean, you can find good value in the fourth round, too, at starting caliber guard. Third, yeah. fourth. Hey, I, I, I mean, Deontay obviously had flaws. He was a solid tackle out of Eastern Carolina. But right. the were there, the athleticism, some athleticism was there, you know, and it was like, hey, let's go. Positive profile. Like, fuck yeah. You know, the hype so, looked good early on, too. What's that? I said the hype looked good early on, too. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Yeah, yeah, he did show some for sure. Um, too bad he's about to be with fucking Drew Christman making TikToks because uh, their career is over, buddy. I'm kidding. Now, who knows what it looks like, but uh, yeah, that'll probably do this for this episode. Um, fuck the playoffs. Minus Bills 29 and a half. Um, Bills minus 29 and a half. Put your rent on it. Um, the Sewers are about to get fucked. Uh, kind of like... Kind of like minus 30 with wind chill in Kansas City this weekend. Oh, man. How funny is that, bro? Like, we even talked about it. Of, uh, and I think it's been going around Twitter a lot. Everybody wanted to be the Dolphins. Bro, they've been 5-5 five and five since their 6-1 and one start. Yeah. Definition of mid. Like, they're about, I mean, two is not going to win a playoff game. Tua is who he is. I'm so glad that the NFL... I don't dislike Tua. It's just I don't care to hype him up or discredit him. I just know what he is. That's a guy. That's a quarterback, you know, but not elite, bro. Like, get that shit out of here. The only way I can see somehow an upset, right, with it being so cold, say it's primarily a running game between both teams, Miami Dolphins is the best rushing team in the NFL, right? Yeah. I think I think that's the the only way that this this Dolphins team can win is if a chain and if they they have Mostert out there uh, in that game. I think that'll be big for them. But I mean, if if somehow Mahomes can start completing passes and whatnot, uh, <laughs> yeah, those gonna... guys, oh my! I mean, is this game gonna be like ten to six? Ten, seven, like I don't know, bro. Like I don't even know. I mean, are kickers gonna make field goals? Remember the Evan McPherson game in New England, bro, where he missed every no, and Nick Folk, bro. They were having incredible. Actually, Evan was having a decent year. I mean, hell, the 
yeah. the Green Bay game too. Yeah, bro. I mean, but that it's it's not really correlative with the weather and shit. Like Green right, Bay was, right. this was New England was like ten degrees, and like you just heard the ball, bro, get kicked, and it sounded like a like a like a rock. I mean, you're gonna hear Harrison Butker and fucking Sanders kick the ball, and it's gonna sound like a straight rock. I do. They make kicks. I don't. It may be two to nothing. It may be four to two. Safety's to win the game. Like I don't know, bro. Uh, it's gonna be tough, but yeah, dude. Put your rent on Bills minus twenty nine and a half. God. Hey, no, I'm not playing though. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a penny, a pretty penny, on Bills minus nineteen and a half. I'm serious. Like, bro, TJ Wattless Sewers are one and ten since uh. he's been. They don't win games without TJ Watt. Like, it's so funny, and the reason why I'm bringing this up like this is because I'm unfortunately surrounded by a lot of Sewers fans in my day-to-day. And just the shit they've talked to me, acting like it's no big deal that Joe is out. I'm like, you guys miss TJ Watt, and you're a chicken with your head cut off. You're a get-blown-out-by-30 type team. It's insane, bro. He just revolutionizes that defense, bro. People and- people forgetting about uh, that Thursday night game, too. I know the Ravens are Super Bowl frontrunners right now, but I will say karma is real. You want to say fuck my quarterback when he is out for the season? Let's see it catch up here soon. <laughs> yes, late night spice. Hey, dude. Yeah, I mean. I can't wait, bro. I, I, I think the Bills, if the Bills play the Ravens, yep. bro, the Bills are going to beat the Ravens. I'm not even going to lie, bro. That's the team I want to see win. I'm serious. Like, I think we talked about it before, bro. Like, and and I do kind of like to make this clear with a lot of fans. You guys can fan however you want, of course. You know, I'm not saying anything. But for me personally, like, why would I hate the Bills? Oh, yeah. I don't enjoy playing them, right? Why would you hate? And I know you don't hate the Bills. Like, for you, especially you, bro, you talk about how glowing your experience was in Buffalo. That's great. That's fun. Like, of course, they hate us. Yeah. I, I would say I would say it was probably my best road experience. Yeah, bro. Your last good fucking road experience. Don't even want to talk about your fucking score differential that you've had. To- uh... <laughs> but, yeah, bro, I mean, so that, like, that's my outlook. Uh, I actually spoke with Bills fans Sunday night. You know, I told them, look, dude, like, you saw that Deontay Hardy punt return touchdown. Not that that was the you know deciphering factor of their fate but like for me that kind of stamped and shipped that shit out that yeah bro like they're ready i think the bills are ready look dude like and i told them this too of course not that the bills were completely incapable of fucking with the chiefs or Bengals the last couple years but they didn't right they got beat both you know by both those teams the past couple years of playoffs they're not like the chiefs no but they were they Always that third team. Exactly. This is the year you're catching the Chiefs on a down year in a Joe Burrow list, Bengals list playoff picture. Capitalize. You have one juggernaut now, not two. Get the Ravens out, and you have their history. And I think it's going to get in Lamar's head. I think they'll have success. Not to say they won't. You get past the Bills, bro. Texans, uh, I don't know. Browns, nah, I'm not buying. Joe Flack, fuck out of here, bro. I don't give a fuck. Like, it's going to end. So, yeah, dude, like, Bills, Niners, 
Eagles ain't making it. it. It's Bills Niners, bro. Like, Bills can go take that shit. I'm cool with it. Niners, I don't really give a shit, man. Like, I'm cool with that, too. I, it's just... It would cap off my offseason if an, if an NFC team won the playoffs. Um, I, I just, I don't want to have one, one thing. I don't want to hear Ravens fans next season. I don't want to hear Ravens fans at all. I don't want to nope. hear any AFC teams fans. I love Buffalo. Hear me out. I mean, they got a great fan base, but I just, I don't want it. I don't want to hear nothing from the AFC side. NFC, you keep that shit over there. <laughs> no doubt, bro. I, I agree. Um, Chiefs, me personally, bro, I mean, they're not winning it, so it doesn't really matter. Like, they're they're not good enough. But say if they did go far, like, I wouldn't even really care because, like, me, I'm just focused on my team getting healthy. You know, because, like, if fans would throw it up in my face, like, okay, Joe wasn't even there to ruin your season like he has. Right. Or are you bragging it? Are you bragging to me as if Joe was there? You know what happens when Joe is there. You know what happens when Joe comes home. He pulls his fucking belt off his pants. He beats your fucking ass. So just wait till he comes back. Like, that's all I'd say, bro. And yeah, bro, the Ravens won. Nope. No, it cannot. Think the Bengals with Joe Burrow in that game, a 25-17 game, man. Like, Joe Burrow plays in that game, bro. And the Bengals at the time were only a game below the Chiefs. I mean, you I... also... Or 17 like you you get i mean remember bro didn't we didn't we miss the fucking uh fourth down conversion within yep. the bro yep. i was getting that shit dude like w bro we we i think we mopped the chiefs bro if joe was there and yeah, yeah he should have could have would have right but no nah, I, I i know what you mean i'm sorry to cut you off too much like down yeah, eight good. down eight narrowhead yeah I mean, all right, let's go. Just another day in the office, you know, been there, done that. Um, yeah, man, like, I I think it caps off pretty well. Like, all of it, for me, I, I'm just shelling myself because that's all that matters right now. Like, nothing matters what any fan base says. Yeah, they're going to stomp on our grades, like you said. Just how disgusting I don't even want to indulge on it with the rate. I could not imagine. I'm serious. I could not imagine Bengals fans doing that after a game. That's nothing yeah. with that team. Like, Bengals fans like Lamar Jackson. Right. Isn't it interesting how Ravens fans hate Joe Burrow? Why? Because he threatens you more than Lamar Jackson threatens the Bengals. You're exposed. We're secure. With Lamar Jackson. Why? Why? Because that's we, why everyone hates Joe Burrow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you truly had conviction that Lamar was one, you know, one in the division or the best, you know, better than Joe, you laugh it off. Like, okay. So you showing, you know, your brash bullshit comments and acting like, oh, you know, this, you know, just proving Lamar's number one. Why are you so mad then? You should be fine. All right. You should be composed, right? Or do you have the emotional competence of an eight-year-old? Like, I, I can't decipher between the two. So, yeah, bro. I mean, pretty frustrating with that. I mean. That's what I do all the time, though, bro. I just, if I'm, 
get into it with someone. I'm just like, you know what? I, I've said enough. I, I don't even care because the Joe Burrow comeback, bro, it, it's going to be crazy. People are, like I said, they're they're kind of forgetting. You see the hype around Joe Flacco, all the you know all the other things that's going on in the NFL, and Joe Burrow's kind of just staying behind the scenes, all MIA, quiet. And I'm ready for it, bro. I'm ready for the comeback season. Um, oh. Obviously. We're looking towards the off season now. We got the the draft in April, free agency uh, months before that. But I mean, bro, what? we're 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 midway through January almost. Once we get to February, it'll be a month away from free agency. So things are things are gonna uh, speed up. I mean, playoffs are gonna speed up. Uh, book book CJ Stroud against the Browns this weekend. Um, I know the Browns defense is great, but uh, CJ Stroud, a little upset in his first playoff win. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's love the story. Uh, then, like you said, Bills, Bills against Steelers, definitely <laughs> minus 20. Could see that happening. And um, like I said, I think the Dolphins upset could happen if it comes down to a run, you know, a pound for pound game from both sides in the running game. But man, it's, it's going to be an interesting weekend. We got Saturday and Sunday games, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, and Monday night. Oh. Eagles, Bucks. Why? <laughs> and Chiefs and Dolphins, bro. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I forgot who it was. Someone confidently picked the Bucks over the Eagles, bro. And I get out of here, bro. I'm sorry. I can't buy that bullshit. Yeah. Like, get if the Eagles been in the low, but they they can absolutely get it right. But um, yep, that'll do it. Um, you know it is off season mode, and you know, like you said, bro. Uh, once again, it reminds me of how much I enjoy the pacing of the NFL off season. There's always something substantial for the obsessive NFL fan every two to four to six weeks. Nothing past six weeks in the league without something eventful. So we got combine six weeks from now, free agency three weeks, draft six weeks. So, you know, to follow those. Um, so it's – podcast won't be slowing down a ton because we got shit to talk about, bro. Yeah, I mean, Brian Callahan, before you know it, I mean, he could he could be hired before the Super Bowl even happens. Shit, no doubt. I mean, because I think you can, right? Can yeah. you still do that? Got you. Yep. Yes, some of those teams. I mean, shit, we're both out of the playoffs. They can do it. Why not? So – uh yeah, dude, we'll see. But uh, that'll do it for this episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. We will be back. I don't know when we'll be back. Uh, Probably early next week. We're probably going to stick with a couple days a week episode. Yeah, we probably will. we got some shit to talk about. <laughs> all right, yes. well, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you all for listening to another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. Peace, bro. Peace.